This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. So as expected, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano has weighed in on the, well, the plight of the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest in Chicago. He has weighed in on the actions of Cardinal Supich in suppressing the or expected suppressing of the Institute of Christ the King, the traditional priestly fraternity that don't have enough of a presence in the United States for my money. The Institute of Christ the King offers some of the most beautiful traditional liturgy that you will ever see in your entire life. And they are reportedly about to be expelled from Chicago, or at least have their, the ability for them to offer the sacraments taken from them. I do caution people not to jump to conclusions. We don't know what's going to happen exactly. And the Institute themselves, the priests of the Institute, have been rather mum on all of this. So let's, while we don't, should not jump to conclusions, because as Taylor Marshall said in his recent video, he thinks some of this might actually be kind of a trap from Rome. It is still, I think, noteworthy here that Archbishop Vigano has spoken up on this issue. So Let's turn to the good Archbishop and see what he has to say. This was published by LifeSite. I have a link to it in today's show notes at returntotradition.org if you want to read this for yourself. Archbishop Vigano, Catholics have sacred and urgent duty to resist Cardinal Supich's Latin Mass crackdown. Cardinal Blaise Supich, with the bureaucratic authoritarianism that distinguishes the officials of the Bergolian Church, has ordered the canons of the Institute of Christ the King, sovereign priest, who carry out their ministry in the Archdiocese of Chicago, to suspend all public functions in the ancient rite beginning at the end of the month of July, revoking the faculties granted to them in accordance with the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum. It is obvious to anyone that this decision is intended to prevent the exercise of a rite that no ecclesiastical authority can deny, a fortiori conditioning it on the acceptance of doctrinal and liturgical principles that are in blatant conflict with the immutable magisterium of the Catholic Church. Indeed, every baptized person has the right to attend Holy Mass and to be administered the sacraments in the form that Benedict XVI's modu proprio Samorum pontificum acknowledged may never be abrogated. Depriving the faithful of Chicago of their right is a very grave abuse, and the fact that Supich's decision is tacitly approved by the Roman Sanhedrin adds to the embezzlements of the ordinary confirmation of a broader plan intended to cancel throughout the entire Catholic world the sign, world, the sign of contradiction, that is the apostolic mass. A sign of contradiction because its very existence is a silent condemnation of decades of doctrinal, moral, and disciplinary deviations. It is no secret that Bergoglio has a hatred of tradition, and he does not miss any occasion to deride and discredit those who want to remain Catholic and are not willing to apostatize from the faith. Just as well known are his predilections for his collaborators and confidants. They are all united by the James Martin sin, lust for power, and corruption in financial matters. It should therefore be no surprise that one of his pupils, an, intrins an intrinsic friend of the serial offender McCarrick, along with other no less controversial prelates like Donald Worrell and Joseph Tobin, returned the favor of his undeserved promotion to the see of Chicago by showing himself to be a loyal executor of his benefactor's orders. A promotion that, permit me to remind you, I strenuously opposed when I was serving the Holy See as Apostolic Nuncio to the United States. And that today appears even more scandalous after the disturbing revelations made by Church Militant, 
regarding Supich's involvement in the cover of evidence related to the things that Cardinal Joseph Bernadine did. And we have also learned that while Supich would like to see Bernadine, the champion of progressivism, canonized, there are actually various very serious accusations hanging over Bernadine made by one person, accusations which the Congregation of Bishops, the Secretary of State, and the Archdiocese of Chicago have never followed up on, despite the fact that these mention the profanation of the Blessed Sacrament during a satanic ritual with minors carried out in 1957 by the young priest Father Joseph Bernadine and his brother priest Father John R. Russell, who was later consecrated as a bishop and is now deceased. It is truly difficult, if not completely impossible, to find any justification for the decision of Supich, who considers the celebration of the Mass of all time to be a sin injuring the Council, but who strangely enough knows how to be indulgent and understanding towards those of a James Martin type, and uh, those of a Ted McCarrick type, and those that Lady Moloch wants to defend, and profaners of the Eucharistic species. Supich pro domo sua. It is Supich, of course, who, when he was instructed by Bergoglio to preside over the commission on Ted McCarrick problem in the American clergy, and was asked about the memorandum issued in August 2018, commented with scandalous impudence, quote, the Pope has a bigger agenda. He's got to get on with other things, talking about the environment and protecting travelers and carrying on the work of the church. We're not going down a rabbit hole on this. Years ago, if a cardinal had allowed himself to respond like this, the whole world would have come down. But today, obviously, times have changed. Here we can also allow ourselves a bit of insolence. So much is known that the media will not tear their garments for so little, end quote. You read that correctly, for so little. In the secular world, if a manager prevents his subordinates from doing their job and encouraging dishonest and corrupt employees by promoting them and covering up their crimes, he would be fired on the spot and asked to pay millions in compensation for the damage caused to the company's image. Instead, on the multicolored bandwagon of the lavender group protected by Bergoglio, these forms of sordid complicity with evil and ferocious aversion to the good have become the norm, confirming that moral corruption is the necessary corollary of doctrinal deviation and liturgical license. The crisis of ecclesiastical authority, beginning from the very top, is undeniable as confirmed by the creation of Supich as cardinal, as well as the names of those to be given the red hat at the upcoming consistory. If in temporal matters, civic rulers who are obedient to the embedded government make use of corrupt officials to carry out the, the silent move of the restarting civilization over, at the same time on the ecclesial font front, we see that cardinals and prelates who are no less corrupt and who are obedient to the embedded church, with Bergoglio's placet, they are beginning the subversive plan of Vatican II to completion, which is destined to lead to the religion of humanity yearned for by the stonecutters. But if on the one hand it is a duty to denounce and condemn the intolerant abuses of these renegades, who have as their goal the destruction of the Church of Christ and the cancellation of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, on the other hand, it seems to me that it is necessary to reconsider how certain forms of carefree acceptance of Vatican II on the part of the Institute of Christ the King may have wrongly allowed its members to believe that Rome would have looked the other way regarding buckles and capes as long as they did not criticize the Council or the Novus Ordo. This shows us that beyond the impromptu ceremonial connotations that are a bit too anciana regime, which however are very modern in Chicago and in general throughout the United States, 
It is the Tridentine Mass in itself that is a formidable profession of faith and an unflinching refutation of the patched together Reformed liturgy, whether it is celebrated by an old parish pastor or a newly ordained priest, regardless of whether he wears a Roman fiddleback or a medieval chasuble. It is that Mass, and the Mass par excellence, celebrated in the one rite that is truly extraordinary, not because it is occasional, but because it is incomparably superior to the Protestantized imitation that is the Montinian rite, which a curé of ours would have looked upon with horror. This Mass, the Mass of the Holy Church, the Mass of the Apostles and Martyrs of all times, our Mass, this is the mass that truly causes them scandal. It is not, a, it is not Roman Berettas and bows that scandalize them. It is not the Mosettas and Rochers that scandalize them. The real thing that scandalizes them is the Catholic mass. And this is what they rail against with the rage of heretics, the same people who preach welcoming and inclusivity, which applies to everyone without condition, except for good priests and faithful laity. In reality, this ought to be enough to convince us to totally ignore the last dying wheezes of a hierarchy that is blinded in both intellect and will because it is alien to grace. The, this umpteenth show of strength by Supich, who is cynical and ruthless towards the faithful, even before the canons of the Institute of Christ the King, can constitute a healthy moment of reflection on the many omissions and equivocations that need to be clarified, especially in the matter of acceptance of the conciliar mens and the Bergolian magisterium. I trust that the canons of Christ the King and all the Ecclesia Dei Institutes will be able to see in these days of trial a pre precious opportunity for purification, courageously witnessing to the necessary coherence between the profession of faith and its deep expression in the Mass, and the consequent irreconcilability between these and the doctrinal and liturgical deviations of Vatican II, because it is not possible to celebrate the Mass of St. Pius V and at the same time to accept the errors of its enemies. Supich knows this well. And this is why he wants to prevent the celebration of that mass. He knows how much that mass is a very powerful exorcism against the servants of the devil, both those who wear mitres and those who do not. He knows how immediately that mass is understandable to anyone for its supernatural sense of the sacred and divine, the mysterious tremendum of Moses before the burning bush, and how that mass opens the eyes of the faithful, warms their hearts, and enlightens their minds. After decades of unspeakable torments, the faithful are finally able to approach the majesty of God, to be converted, to change their lives, to educate their children in holiness, and to spread the faith by their example. What could be more desirable for a bishop who is truly a shepherd of the sheep entrusted to him by the Lord? And what could be more detestable for those who want to see the sheep be torn to pieces by wolves or fall into the abyss? The faithful, the lay faithful, priests and bishops have the sacred and urgent duty to rise up against the decisions of these completely discredited characters and to demand, without yielding an inch, that the venerable Tridentine liturgy remain an inviolable bulwark of doctrine, morality, and spirituality. We must obey God rather than men especially when these men have demonstrated by their reprehensible conduct that they do not love either God or their brothers in the faith. Signed, Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò, 20th of July, 2022. And there you have it, a rousing letter from Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò, issued just the day before yesterday, late in the day. I recorded this as soon as I saw it. I knew this was going to be a banger, and you heard it for yourself. But he's right. We have a duty to God before we have a duty to men. That is simply the truth. And what have we seen in our time? The faith is reduced to a sentiment in a lot of cases. That is reduced to material works. And that we see this all the time, unfortunately, in your typical parish. How many times have you heard sermons on the latest political thing du jour 
going on out there usually slanted severely towards one side, although I'd be just as upset if it was slanted towards the other side. How often do we hear that? Here pretty frequently. How often are the prayers of the faithful or the, the prayers of the Pope during the new mass often very just materialistic all too often? Go look up his prayer intentions. They're published every month. You'll see what I mean. Do you think Supich should be, you know, treat, or do you think that rather that Vigano, what he says here, for, towards the canons of the Institute of Christ the King, do you think they should heed what he's saying here? That they should, in, in essence, what he's saying to them is that they should ignore Supich and carry on. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, please, how likely you think that's going to be. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Share this on social media if you can. That helps as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.